So we're going to learn from the Alter Rebbe. This is Sasha. This is Ellie. Yes. Rabbi Yitzhak Shakiris, we're honored to have you. <laughs> like the old days. When Arnold, heard, from the past. when Arnold heard that we were learning, he says, I'm coming back from Wisconsin. I want to hear the sparring. <laughs> Before we t- dive into the Drush, because he's going to take the Midrash and work the Hasidus on the Midrash, right. but he starts with Anila Dodi Vadodi Li Haroeva Shoshanim, which is chapter six of the Song of Songs. And w- yeah. what I did was. I, I actually took the whole chapter. This only has this only. Oh, this has two colors. I was starting to feel slighted. Yeah, of course. Uh, and what I did was a three-dimensional projection of the of a two-dimensional text. Yeah. So I color-coded dodech, dodech, dodi yarad, le dodi vedodi li, and then. Dodi Yarad Lagano, he descended into the garden, which in the inclusio at the end, Elginas Egos in the garden of nuts, Yoradati, so that's Yorad. Lagano, Elginas, so you have the beginning and the end sandwiching the middle piece. The middle piece is all anatomy, okay? Turn away your eyes, your hair, your teeth are like this. Your temples are like the pomegranates. So that's the middle section, okay? And then in verse 3, after saying, My beloved, where have you gone, you fairest of ladies? Where have you turned so we can seek you? Oh, my beloved has gone into his garden. La rugos habosem, to the bed of spices. Liros baganim, to feed or to shepherd, or to harvest in the gardens to gather the shoshanim, the lilies. Then he reiterates, horoe bashoshanim. Do you see that? The lilkot shoshanim, horoe bashoshanim. But he inserts ani dodi the dodi li. Now, in that context, where is he gone? I've lost him. There is a sense of desperation. I belong to my beloved, and he belongs to me. I can't find him. I don't know where he is. He's gone somewhere looking for something, to some bed of lilies. But, but he belongs to me. So I just wanted to bring that notion out that in the pshat itself... Now, obviously, I'm going to have the exact opposite opinion because I'm looking of course, upside down. Yeah. <laughs> of course you're going to have the opposite opinion. But I feel that in all kinds of unrequited love, and this is a sheer of unrequited love. Mm-hmm. I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking, I'm searching, he came and then he's gone and he's, love is so um, elusive in this Shia Shirim and yet we, the Gemara, the Medrash has taken the month of Elul to suggest just the opposite. That Ani Dodi Vadodi Li is a sense of intimacy, it's a sense of belonging, it's a sense of mutual love, and a time, uh, certainly according to Hasidus, not according to classical sources, but a time of Ponim uh, Sochakos. A Schmeichel is on the face. If you just take the simple, the simplest um, physical representation of this. Of the mimer of the king in the field, 
you could conceivably be somebody that holds back. I mean, you don't have to approach the king. I mean, you could you could just stand there and look. But that's not the purpose no, of no, the mime. The, the purpose of the mime says it is Elul. He, he hasn't yet come to the court of law. Uh, he has to arrive there by going through the fields and through the workers in the fields. And somehow they have access to him. And guess what? He has a schmeichel on his face. He has a smile. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's got a smile. Ask him, what do you want? What, do you, can, what can you do for me, right? That's the first ma'ama. Let's go to, let's dive into the second ma'ama. I was very moved by this because I've been learning with Rabbi Turin for what, 15 years now uh, after we left um, Rabbi uh, Moskowitz. And um, coming back to Mimas, it's like, it's like an old wine mm. that you didn't realize Wow, I had forgotten how refined that that Pinot Noir was, you know. Right. And coming back to this mimer yesterday, brought up that whole Indian of the Tzimtzum and the whole Indian of the difference between the Gro and the Alter Rebbe and how it was resolved in Rabbeinu Hakodesh Rav Nachman. Uh, but there was also something like very refreshing about the the almost mathematical. Um, way he approached the divine and some things that I hadn't realized that I'd seen 12 years ago. Okay, so let's die. Straight out of the book of the Song of Songs. Now he's going to tell us a biological fact. A lily. It has 13 petals. Why is that? Because that represents a mythical fact. We say by the Tashlich, when we go and throw our breadcrumbs uh, into the water on Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Psalm Miel Kamocha, and above each one of the words is Hashem, Hashem, Kael, Rachum, Vachanun, which are the 13 Midos of Rachamim that Moses evoked from the divine in chapter 33 of Shmos. Uh, after the Chet of the Egel. Meaning, those 13 Midos of Rachamim are the very source of Teshuvah because in those 13 Yud Gimel Midos of Rachamim Includes his forbearance, his ability to accept us despite our sin. And they are revealed for the first time in this auspicious time between Rosh Chodesh Elul and Yom Kippur, where he actually says, I forgive you fully. So it's a time of of ratzon, of goodwill. It's a time, it's an auspicious time that we are now entering, physically entering into a time-space continuum that is different to the rest of the year. So he's bringing the Sifri and the Medrash Rabbah that Rashi himself brings that there are three 40-day periods 
The first 40-day period from Deuteronomy, Pasha's Akev, chapter 10, verses 10. The first period was the period until Shiva Osabatamas, where he smashed the Luchos. The second period was the time he went up to get God's forgiveness. That's the Vayichal Moshe period, which went till Chof Tes Av. And then God says, Sol Korishonim, and that's the third 40-day period, which ends in Solachti Kidborecha. And Rashi says that the second period was just Ratzon, but the third period was ended in Ratzon Basimcha. So in the Zoya it says, is I forgive you, but I still have some resentment back to back. And then by Yom Kippur, it's ponim b'ponim, in which I forgive you with a full rotson b'simcha. And that's what the Alter Rebbe is saying, that this is the lekabel luchos ha'acharonus, uma yomim horashonim b'rotson, Rashi says, so too the last 40 days are b'rotson, meaning the middle 40 days are b'kas, to quote Rashi, they're in anger. Okay. V'zeshen emahoroe b'shoshanim. And now we come back to that enigmatic verse in Ani le Dodi ve Dodi Li. What is it about Dodi and Dodi Li? Horoe bashoshanim etzel Ani le Dodi Li. Shehu Roshe Tevis Elul. Ani le Dodi ve Dodi Li is Elul. Horoe bashoshanim means that he is feeding or manifesting the Shoshanim, which are the petals, which are the 13 petals, which are the 13 mitos of Rachel. Shoshanim doesn't just mean grazing on the... It could be feeding or grazing among the lids, but you would have to say here that he is tending to them, like a rower, like a shepherd. Why? Otherwise, what would it wouldn't make sense. He is actually feeding off the 13 mitos of Rachamim, like the 13 petals of the Shoshana. He's feeding off it, or he is working off them, or they are triggering his mercy in that middle, last period of Rachamim. That's as far as the Alter Rebbe goes in Torah San Nigla, meaning he has brought us the Midrash, Rashi's Midrash commentary on the, the middle days being in anger, and the switch from anger to Ratzon Basimcha. Now he's going to dive into... Um, uh, into a deeper level. But Sorech Lahovin, it's necessary to understand Mahu What are these 13 expressions of Rachamim, of, of mercy, Bechodesh Elo? I mean, why do I have to start with Bechodesh Elo? I can understand after Rosh Hashanah, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, are the 10 days of Teshuva. So in those 10 days, they're the days of Selicha and Mechila, of forgiveness. So that's when we actually say in the Python says, in all the Selichas, uh, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we say in the Selichas, That's the, the 10 Selichas we do every time we say them. So then what's the Rosh Chodesh El business? What's El got to do with all of that? The Which day did he go, Moshe Ben go up the third time? Rosh Chodesh Elo. The first day, second day, Rosh Chodesh Elo. Yeah. Now he makes the radical statement. Tshuva isn't what we would call in English penitence. 
meaning I have sinned. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Please forgive me. No. That's, it's not only that, Dafka, it is that, but it's not only that. Therefore, if it's not only that, it's not only about Aseris Yemei Tshuva, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Aseris Yemei Tshuva, when you're asking for forgiveness for this sin and this sin and this sin. But all the days of your life, you are in a process of Tshuva. Elo Bechines Tshuva, what does it mean, the Bechina of Tshuva? Not penitence, but shav midarko horishon. I want you to turn around from that trajectory and turn and go in an opposite trajectory. Would you please turn us around, complete 180 degrees, a teshuva shalema, a complete rotation before you. What does that mean? Ubir inyan hu bedavar chazal. That says Gemara in Kedushin, which we learned, Yesh Dei Beos Achad. There are two different opinions. So let's learn the Gemara in Kedushin, Daf Mem. A question arose in the academy. Talmud Godel or Mase Godel? Now this is exactly what's going on in the early church. Is it faith or works? Mm-hmm. This same argument is going on in our academy. Talmud, Godel, is the learning... Faith and work. Uh, what did you say? Faith versus what? Works. I would not say that this Talmud and... No, I'm not so saying that it's the identical. It's a, right. Yes, it is a dichotomy, but it's, it's a different dichotomy. So... Name Rabbi Tarfon va'omer Mase Godel. Rabbi Tarfon, our brisker, gets up and says, "It's actions that speak louder than words. Help the poor, feed the sick, go out and bury the dead. Mase. That's what's more important." I call that a brisker opinion. Name Rabbi Akiva. Because they they are very difficult giving up the sock. Name Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva answered him. And gets up in the academy and says, Talmud Godol, the study of Torah and the background sure of the And now the Zakanim got up. And that's the Psak, because they're the majority, even though they're anonymous. Talmud Godol. Rabbi Tarfun is right. Uh, Rabbi Akiva is right. Talmud Godol. Uh, but why is he right? Because the Talmud will eventually bring you to action because the Talmud is teaching you how to behave or teaching you the background of the behavior. Now Rashi uh, tries to um, tries to, I would say, slide between the two by saying, "Nimtu shnei and biyado." By saying that, Rashi is saying that the Zakanim are saying, I want you to get the best of both worlds. So you're going to start with Talmud. Talmud will bring you to Maisa. If I start with Maisa, that won't bring you to Talmud. So start with Talmud. It'll bring you to Maisa. And it turns out you got both. Mm-hmm. Best of both worlds. But I'm not sure that that's the deep shot in the Gemara. And we're now going to see what the Rebbe does with it. 
So, he says, Rubia Inyan, to explain what it means to be in a state of tshuva the rest of the year, let's learn the Gemara in Kedushin. Now, to understand what is the real depth conflict between Rabbi Tarpon and Rabbi Akiva, we are now going to dive, so fasten your seatbelts, into Kabbalah. In Pshat, this one that's where Tarfin says Maisa is Gadol, but it says Talmud Torah connected Kulam, so that's the biggest Maisa, so there's no dispute. Many people say that Talmud is an act in itself, it's a mitzvah. Right. Talmud Torah. Yeah. I don't think that meant, they don't mean when they say Maisa, it means Talmud Torah is a Maisa. It means Maase ha mitzvot. Otherwise, it doesn't make it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. The, 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 the machlokes doesn't make sense. Anyway, in order to understand the deepest level of that conflict between the two of them, meaning the learning of Torah versus the performance of mitzvahs. I'm going to hire you for making copies. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, don't, don't. We have to understand a conflict of two verses. The first verse is, The top word is Shomayim. Yeah, no. So it says, I actually took a photo of it with my camera and then just went to, straight to the printer for my photography. Yeah. Um, I fill the heaven and the earth. But doesn't it say in a place elsewhere in Isaiah, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? It says, what happened to his kavod in Shemayim? And there it says, and here it says, my glory fills the earth. It doesn't say, I fill the earth. I fill the heavens and the earth. But I, it's only my glory that's filling in the earth. <clears throat> and now he's going to do something so original that's never been said before. Not in Kabbalah and not until the Alter Rebbe. And the, what he says, Yesh memale kolamim v'sovev kolamim. There's two, there's two in Yonim, there's two aspects of the divine manifestation in reality. Upirish, what does it mean? Mamale kolamim. Who beginnes he oros helokus ha nimshach benivroim lach yosem mem mem ayin mem yehi oh from the pasuk yehi or bedvar Hashem. Masoras memoras. So the first, the first level is the idea that he fills the worlds, meaning that the worlds are filled with a radiance of the divine that is drawn down into the creation, created beings, to give them life from the ten utterances in Genesis. Let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. So his divine speech created an ongoing infusion of divinity into the real world um, that is mitlabesh that is 
enclosed in their insides, the tochtochom in the inner of the insides, mamash. Shenimshach bekirbon lios chius lohem, in order to give them vitality. And that infusion of the divine in the world, mitchalek lechalakim lios mechaye kolchad lefum shiudele, is graduated and differentiated according to whatever that particular creation is. For instance, in Gashmias, bedomech tzomeh chayim dabeh shehadomin, let's say a stone, it, the stone was created from the earth. Let there be light. Let there be the heavens and the earth. So it also receives a level of divinity from that original statement, be created. Just like the divine vitality goes into a vegetation and into a living mammal. Nevertheless, because it's a stone and it looks like a dead stone, you can be sure that that divinity is very hidden and very contracted. Whereas a vegetation has a greater level of chiyut, of vitality. And even the highest level, so you what, have what statement did you say that the altar wrote that's never been made before? The splitting between the soivev and the mamale. I've never been never seen that before. I find that hard to believe. And according to this structure, even in the spiritual world, Yesh hit Chalkus Madregus Rabbas, Ulukulum Nimsha Chayes Meshuna Venito Michius and Nimsha Luzulato. And even in the spiritual worlds, which we don't see, and it's not in the measurable physical world, the same chius is meshuner, graduated and differentiated from the different one to the other, depending on their level. And all of this comes from the Midas Malchus Yisbaruch Shehanu Nikrum Malekol Almim. And all of this comes from, if we look at the Sephirotic tree, in which the divine personalities are split into ten, it comes from the lowest personality, which is Malchus, and that is the one that's operating system here, and it's called Mamale Kol Almim, that which fills the world with his kavod. That is enclosed, or I call it incarnated, into the real worlds properly. And that is his definition of Mamalekol Amin. Now, just to think that you might think that on the left side we're going to, we're moving towards Spinoza, that this is an animated world of the divine, comes along the road and says, now wait a minute. But in the aspect of the surrounding divine, the transcendent divine, who begins Hashpova Aroselokus. That is a influence and a shining of the divine that does not interact or influence or come into or become enclosed or incarnated in the worlds. It's not manifest. You can't feel it. You can't see it. You can't measure it. You can't even feel an inkling. There's no hasoga. There's no grasp of it. Elohu, you don't feel its vitality. Elohu bebechinas makif aleim. It is surrounding. I have this 
notion of the sun sends these rays and and they get deflected around the earth the, the arrows come towards the earth and then they get deflected around the earth that kind of thing not in the current model of physics okay um, if the earth was much smaller and much more dense and higher gravitational <coughs> field yes that would be Okay. It surrounds. And it surrounds everything in equality. There's no differentiation. Since it doesn't manifest itself in different created beings in different levels according to their grasp of spirituality or their radiance or their receivership. It, 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 it's equidistant and therefore it does not affect anyone to any it, it's everyone's equal in their distance from the infinite distance of this soybean one, one good marshal I think would, it's very, would be for example the way you run a clinic you have on the one hand you have a highly ordered structured thing each according to its level and skill level but you animate it by this general principle of holistic healing and treating the whole person and so forth. There's like a whole save of level which penetrates every act <clears throat> of, of, the, of your clinic, which makes it very different. You know, you're you know one of the you know a fam- family, a true family physician. So that that's a save of level, because you can't identify it with any particular act. It's like present everywhere in everybody's actions. Right. You can't even look at the receiver, something in creation, and say. Ooh, that soivev is manifesting that. You can say that about the mamale, but you can't say that about the soivev. And that's what it means, the two psukim. That aspect of the divine that I fill, because there is no place devoid of him, meaning the infinite is infinite, and therefore it's manifest in an infinite way everywhere. But when it comes to the earth that's filled with his kavod, his glory, that's the beginning of Mamali Kolamim, Shanikra Kavod. Okay. Now he set up the two opposing aspects of the divine. He set up the two aspects of the psukim, and now he's going to go back to this idea of Torah and Masa. Let's le- see how he does it in this dazzling way. There is no kavod, melo cholhoretz kavodo, elo Torah. So he's going to make this statement that uh, that's very ancient, goes back to the Sefer Yitzira, that there is no Kovod Elo Torah, and Torah has, comes from Chochmah, and there are 32 pathways of the way Chochmah comes filtered down into the Torah that we know it. How? I'm going to give you an example. Let's say I have an irrigation ditch and I want to pass water from one place to another. If I want to water a field in its various different gradations and levels, I'll have 32 different paths coming down from the source of water, each 
dividing into separate areas geographically or volume, that is what is meant here. That the Torah, which is Chochmah, which are the 32 rivulets that come through, that manifest Chochmah manifests itself into its multiplied different graduated differentiations. Liot Mamalekal Almim until they fill the world, so it starts off with this chokhmah in law, this universal transcendent wisdom. Then that becomes down into Torah, that becomes through the 32 divisions into the chokhmah of different mitzvahs until they come down into how do I put tefillin on and I make the tefillin from a piece of raw hide until I get the final product. Mm-hmm. Kosher apostle, Shehem bin Yonim Gashmiim. Those are very material things that we do. We said yesterday about the ritual behavior. We do it with kosher food and with tzitzis and with tefillin. It's very Gashmius, it's very material. Trumus or Maestros for And that is the idea of Torah. And Torah is related to Melo Chol Horetz Kavodo, which is related to that divine that is Mamale Kol Almim and incarnated down here, all the way from up there, down through to the physical Gashmias level. Aval Ayudei Mitzvahs, now on the opposite end of the scale, I am now performing the mitzvah, with or without intentionality. Uh, I'm actually performing a physical mitzvah now I'm accessing a different type of the divine, and this is very radical, very original. Nimshach gilui or mibchinas soivet kolamim. I somehow, in a paradoxical way, have access through this physical activity to the transcendent divine that never penetrated the world. This is a radical statement that's never been said elsewhere, and answers my problem of the Rambam. Look, if you know how to do the mitzvah, why do I have to actually do it, right? You've given me the reason for doing it. You put it on your own. You put it on your own. Okay, thank you. I know. Do I have to actually go and do it every single day? Mm-hmm. How does that help me, right? Here he's telling you. Mm-hmm. He's telling you that the performative aspect of the mitzvot, this mythical behavior, I call it, ritual behavior, nimshach gilui or shehu for some reason, you down here in the Gashmias are able to access that makif. How? So he's going to give us an example how. The Torah is kind of a spiritual food for the soul. It says that your Torah, your teaching actually, it's wisdom literature, your teaching, your wisdom is in my belly. Literally. Right? Shehu kamal derech moshon. Hamozon shenichnas betoch tocha odo nasech hius bepnimusov. If I eat food, somehow it gets digested and brings energy to me and gives me vitality. Bekachal yidei haTorah. So too, the metaphor is that Torah nimshach gilu heoras chokma. By learning the Torah and accessing the Torah, I am accessing a revelation, or I'm revealing that supernal wisdom. So that I now understand with my grasp of the meaning behind this ritual. 
So that allows me to reveal within me the mamalikol almim, that aspect of the divine that is working through the 32 paths down into the Torah. By learning it, I'm giving sustenance to my soul. It's food, soul food. Avoha mitzvahs. What about the behavioral aspects, mindless ritual behavior? Never mind what you're thinking. Just put on the tefillin. Do the mitzvah, right? Aval ha-mitzvahs, nasim levushim, lenefesh olakis. The mitzvah isn't mozon lenefesh. It's not this internal digestive process. It's a kind of external clothing for the soul. A man puts a dress on, a suit on, a skirt on. He puts on a uniform. That tells you something about him from the outside. Right? You know, I can be a senior officer in the guard, and in my personal behavior, who knows what I am. But from the outside, in that uniform, that is the rank I'm holding from the outside. It may not necessarily go into my inside. I may have some different behavior on the inside. This is the kind of spirituality that comes from the divine, from the soyved kol almim, that I can access when I'm performing a mitzvah. It's a bechina of makif. It's a levush. It's something external. Because it comes from something that in its engineering is something external and transcendent. It is beyond my understanding. Therefore, I am not meant to understand the ritual of the Porah Duma and the Tzitzis and all these mitzvahs, even though we have a tam of the mitzvahs, we have a taste, but it's beyond my understanding because it comes from a place that's divine, and that divine by definition is beyond my understanding. I don't know what he means by that. Therefore, levushim are more precious, betivam mehamozon, that they are more precious naturally than food. Well, I mean, other Maimara talks about that, the the, the relative lifespan of the thing. For example, okay. mazon is short. Okay. Levushim then. Lost, lost. Okay. And actually, in the in uh, older times, levushim were extremely expensive. Yeah. They are more exalted. Yeah, right. Okay. Because they come from that surrounding. Okay. And now he comes back to the Machloikas in the Gemara between Rabbi Tarfan and Rabbi Meir in this dazzling way. Rabbi Tarfan said, the Ica is Maaseh, meaning mitzvahs. Rabbi Akiva says, the Ica is Talmud, which is Torah. So now he says, Rabbi Tarfan says that Maaseh is greater than Talmud, meaning that the soivev kol almim is greater than the mamale kol almim. The transcendent divine is, of course, greater than the imminent divine. It's infinite. It doesn't get drawn down into the finite world. Ach afal 
And Rabbi Akiva said the opposite. Nevertheless, the Zakanim got up and paskened. Nimnu v'gomru Talmud Godol Now, what's he going to do with this? This is the punchline. So he says, they got up and said, no, no, Talmud is better. Rabbi Akiva is right. Why? Why is the mamale kol almim, my access to the pnimi, greater? Because it's going to be bringing me to the maaseh, which is the mitzvah, which is the soivev kol almim. <laughs> now listen, fasten your seatbelts. Verhoinian. Because now, with the Altarebbe, we have two split worlds, two brains. We've got the mitzvah brain, which is not hasoga, don't understand, mindless, halachic robot, but I'm accessing the soive, which is greater than the mamale. And then I've got the learning and the steiging and the working out and understanding my mythical history, which is Talmud Torah, which is the mamale kalmim. It's a lower level. They're going to eventually roboticize that also. Right. How are the two going to meet? Comes along the Rebbe and says, Ki ef shah lias his oirus ham shachev soivev kol amim al yedeya mitzvahs masios. Sheheim midvarim gashmiim tzitzis mitzemot stokob amom and gashmi. It's impossible that there will be a hit or a root, an arousal from that unknown, transcendent, beyond, infinite, divine, all the way down to the mitzvahs gashmias of the wool of the tzitzis and the, to the money from the stalker. I'm not going to get an arousal. I'm a halachic robot. I'm not going to get anything from it unless unless you work it through the Torah first. The Masa is the Ica, yes. No, the Talmud is the Ica because it'll bring you to the Masa, meaning shehi hamamutzeh. The Torah now becomes an intermediate place of paradox where the two shall meet. Hamachabrim, that connect the two. Kemo al derech Moshe ba'odom, shehadibur, hu hamamutze, hamachabe, hamotzi, heola machshove dilidei gilui. The speech of a man is this intermediate connectivity that reveals the hidden inner thoughts, which of course is something that is hidden, that is beyond, that's transcendent, that's not revealed to anyone in the receiving world, out into speech, into the world of gilui, so that the receiver can receive what my thoughts were hidden in me, you now receive my whole thoughts through my dibur. That's the moshol he uses for Torah. So Torah becomes the kind of speech act that reflects the unknown hidden divine of the soivev all the way down to these mitzvahs, gashmias, proteus, that I have no idea what they're talking about. It's the Torah that connects. It's the mamale kol almin that connects the soivev kol almin into the real world. And that is a stunning Chiddush for me that I didn't see anywhere else, that he actually many times talks about the Sovev Kol Amim and the Mamale Kol Amim, but that he says that wonderful pshat in the Gemara, troping on the idea that the Academy resolved the problem by saying, it's not like Rashi says, well, Nimsa, you got both in your hands. No! 
There is no other way to get from A to B except from A through. To get to the Miser, you have to go through the Talmud. To Rabbi Talfan, you're right. The Miser is the Ikka. Rabbi Akiva, you're right. Without the Torah, there's not going to get to the Miser. But what is it? The Zakanim. The Zakanim are saying, you need the Torah to get to the Maisa because that's the way you'll get to the Maisa and it only can be through Torah. And the Rebbe is saying, access to the Soivev. Well, there is the Mamale. What, what is the Mamale? The Mamale is Torah. Oh, well, you're not going to access the Soivev with all, even with all your mitzvahs. You can't bring it down into Gilui without the Torah. Dazzling. Yeah. Coming back to Rosh Chodesh Elul, then he's going to say that Hachazireinu Shalema, this Teshuva is to return to this state of Mamale. And uh, I think Pro- it's just a balance. Day, the proper balance between the two.